Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, What the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The truth is the most convincing story that maps onto reality, and that's why the central narrative is falling apart. Right now in the United States, people should not be walking around with masks. must see the central narrative. While elections are sometimes messy, this was a secure election. The founders began the fight for human liberty and self-governance, and it's up to us to finish the job. I tell you what, we are in a truth emergency right now. This is the end game. It's Thursday, January 4th, 2024, the 1079th day of dystopia. I'm your moderator, Chris Paul. Let's be reasonable. A warm welcome and hello to all of you listening to the podcast on the day of its release. The only way to do that is by becoming a paid subscriber at I'mYourModerator.Substack.com. You can do so for as little as $50 a year or $5 a month, and in doing so, you will be supporting me, the work I do, and this show as it expands. And if you can't or you simply don't want to, continue listening to the podcast for free a couple days later on a wide variety of podcast platforms and, of course, Rumble. All I ask is that you share it with your friends. You can find the links to the podcast, the writing, the social media, and the merch site by visiting linktree.com slash I'm your moderator. All right. So I expressed the other day that I don't want to spend this year tracking the daily mainstream media news site and telling you why it's all fake and nonsense. I want to focus on big picture issues. But of course, sometimes those two things converge 
and or there is a mainstream story that is grabbing all of the attention, sucking all the oxygen out of the room. And it is important to try to place that mainstream story in context. So I want to try to do both those things and catch up on a little bit of the stuff that we missed while I was on hiatus. I am not trying to be a daily news source. I don't want you to think of me as a daily news source. But the goal is to not be distracted and taken in by the central narrative, not to pretend it doesn't exist at all and has no effect on society. So yesterday we talked at long length about the 32 page report released by Donald Trump about election fraud in the five quote unquote key swing states that actually are not swing states at all without the extraordinary level of election fraud and manipulation that takes place in those states. They would not be blue. They would not be purple. They would just be red states like basically all the other states. They have maintained an illusion that we are a 50-50 country now for our entire lives, for our entire lives, while the country has gone to hell and it is more obvious than ever, not that it wasn't obvious before, that our government is completely corrupt, we remain a 50-50 nation according to the central narrative. And because of that, and because of knowing liberals in our lives, we believe we are a 50-50 country. If we were a 50-50 country, they wouldn't need the propaganda, they wouldn't need the censorship, they wouldn't need their stolen elections, and we would already have their full agenda implemented. They have a decades-long propaganda effort and full-on censorship combined with stolen elections just to make it seem like it's a 50-50 country. But I digress. So Trump releases this report laying out three years' worth of verified factual claims about election maladministration, manipulation, fraud, election rules changed outside the law, election processes that don't follow the law, illegal ballot harvesting and ballot trafficking. Many of the avenues down which our elections are stolen were laid out in Trump's 32-page report. Now, naturally, the mainstream media is not going to want anything to do with that. Your search results may be different, but when I search for Trump election fraud report and even include Truth Social because he announced it on Truth Social. You get almost nothing. A couple links. There was an article in the Washington Post. But before we get to that, as soon as I posted the show yesterday, I realized that I did not even include Trump's remarks on Truth Social about the report. So Two and a half hours of a show about that election fraud report, and I did not include Trump's comments. Thankfully, Mediaite, one of the only media organizations to react to this report, did include his comments in their brief article. The headline of that article from Tuesday was Trump releases utterly wacko, fully verified in quotes. 32-page report claiming to prove 2020 election fraud, quote, address this atrocity. Former President Donald Trump kicked off the first news cycle of 2024 by continuing to push lies about the 2020 election, and this time he claimed to have, quote-unquote, fully verified proof. 
Trump posted a two-part post on Truth Social on Tuesday with a 32-page document attached and proclaimed. I am pleased to share a report that is fully verified. Most of the information was gotten from government sources, tapes, and other public records, and compiled by the most highly qualified election experts in the country. These numbers are determinative and, in all cases, are hundreds of thousands of votes per swing state more than I needed to win that state. If the Republican Senate does not step forward and address this atrocity, it will happen again and be virtually impossible for Republicans to win elections in the future. Remember, I was not campaigning. The 2020 election was long over. What I was doing was bringing to light the fact that the election was without question rigged and stolen. And only one L in stolen here, by the way. As president and commander in chief, it was my duty to do so. If I did not do this, I would have been in violation of my oath of office and the take care clause, which requires the president to take care that the laws be faithfully executed. Therefore, I am entitled to total immunity because that is exactly what I was doing, taking care of our country and guarding it from rigged and stolen elections. Democrats are willing to play a far different game. They are willing to cheat at levels never seen before. And Trump is arguing this week that he, as president, should be immune from the Jack Smith charges. And we'll get to some of that a little later on. I hope if we have time, I am not doing another two and a half hour long podcast today. Mediaite continues the 32 page PDF Trump attached does not have a named author. You can read it for yourself at this link and he links to it. Keeping in mind that there was no proof of election fraud in the 2020 general election that was won by President Joe Biden. So he has to repeat that to the readership of Mediaite. He has to let them know if you're going to read this report, keep in mind that there was no proof of election fraud and that Joe Biden definitely, definitely won. In fact, President Joe Biden won. Where is the debunking? Where is the fact check? You don't have one. It's just, hey, guys, all of this is wrong. I don't know why Trump keeps saying this, but it's all wrong. It's all wrong. It's all wrong. I talked the other day about how I left the Twitter platform temporarily, maybe permanently. We'll see. In the meantime, I have been experimenting with other social media platforms, including Jack Dorsey's Blue Sky, which he was building while still at Twitter and has continued building. And it's kind of in a beta testing invite only part of the process right now. Well, I submitted for a Blue Sky membership a long time ago and I was approved and I've been on there for a little while. I've never paid any attention to it until just this past week. I thought, let's go see what another platform is like. And it is chock full of communists. It is unbelievable. They think that they have been built their own special safe space over there. And they say things like, how did you get an invite to this app? And it is absolutely wild over there. Today, they are celebrating the three-year anniversary of the release of the audio of Trump's call with the Georgia officials about election fraud, where he said, we have all these varieties of election fraud. Just choose one batch, find me, 
the 11,780 votes needed to win Georgia and focus on that batch. Fix that batch. Admit that that batch is fraudulent. Let's fix these election results and we can move right ahead. Now, the people on Blue Sky, as I was discussing yesterday, have absolutely no idea about any of these claims. They have no idea whatsoever about anything that happened in Georgia's elections. So they believe that Trump was on that call, provably trying to convince officials to violate their oaths of office and corruptly overturn the results of a free and fair election in Georgia. They really think that Donald Trump is guilty of all this stuff. It is unbelievable. And the replies to the post I read were all the same. It doesn't seem that any of them have listened to the phone call. One of the people who listened to the phone call actually thought it was just an hour of evidence that Donald Trump had committed treason. These people have not woken up at all. We are talking about people for whom the censorship on Twitter was not nearly hard enough. So they went and got their own safe space. And that is an echo chamber like nothing I have ever seen. I feel like I have walked into a shit brained communist insane asylum where Rachel Maddow and Chris Hayes take turns playing nurse ratchet and no one can tell the difference. But let's get back to the election fraud report because Aaron Blake of the Washington Post actually did try to shut this whole thing down in a more professional fact checky sort of way. The headline on the Washington Post article from yesterday is Trump lawyers doozy of a filing on voter fraud. Prosecutors have repeatedly described Donald Trump's false claims of voter fraud in 2020 as effectively manufacturing a pretense for fraudulently overturning the election. Special counsel Jack Smith said in his indictment of the former president that fake electors were meant to, quote, create a fake controversy, end quote, that could be used on January 6th, 2021. So the Washington Post begins with the claims being made by prosecutors and presenting them as if those are the facts. In a new filing, Trump's legal team appears bent on helping prosecutors make that case. Tucked into Trump's latest legal brief in his appeal for presidential immunity in his federal January 6th case is a remarkable citation. Trump's lawyers refer to a social media post from Trump the same day of the filing Tuesday, which links to a report from an unnamed source running down various voter fraud claims. The filing cites the report to argue that there remain, quote, vigorous disputes and questions about the actual outcome of the 2020 presidential election. And of course, that's true. There are questions about that. It doesn't matter whether or not the Washington Post and its readership want to admit it or recognize it at all. It does not matter what the central narrative says or what people who are addicted to the central narrative believe that has absolutely no impact on the underlying reality and your belief in the underlying reality and your ability to understand and discern and then communicate that underlying reality should not be affected by Washington Post fact checks. This story exists to make clueless people 
go back to sleep and nothing else. Yesterday, I presented the USA Today op-ed by Ken Block in full, claiming that there is no argument coming from Trump that could possibly ever prove election fraud. I tracked down his claims. I used various methods and I found no election fraud. Therefore, everything Trump says is a lie. Almost nothing to that op-ed. And then I went through the 32-page report. Lots and lots of proof of election fraud and malfeasance and maladministration and manipulation, all leading to the inevitable conclusion that those elections were wholly uncertifiable and should not have been certified. And the fact that Trump knew that at the time and did not concede, well, that should mean quite a lot to everyone examining this situation. But these people don't take that into account at all. They are just trying to preserve the official story within the central narrative. Because while what people believe has no bearing on the underlying truth or falsity of a given claim, it does mean a great deal in the scope of the information war and the awakening. It should be clear to everyone that the global regime cannot implement its agenda in full without the consent of the people. They need the people to go along with it. If all the people understand what that agenda is and who is implementing it, the agenda will fail, and they know that, which is why their number one mission is to control people's minds. Back to the Washington Post. The report, to put it lightly, is a mess, and the fact that Trump's legal team would see fit to include it in a filing would not seem to augur well for his defense. This according to a man from the Washington Post who is paid to propagandize the public and is either lying here or simply doesn't know. We are being told by a middle-aged Washington Post reporter that Trump's defense is incompetent by including these claims, even though multiple cases, including Jack Smith's, rely on the idea that Donald Trump knew all the claims of election fraud were false and made those claims anyway in order to incite an insurrection and overturn an election. This claim is absolutely critical, and all of this evidence that has been available since then proves that Trump knew nothing of the sort. Again, you have to believe that Trump is stupid and incompetent and reckless and egomaniac, only focused on his own short-term good. All of the qualities ascribed to Trump, you have to assume all of that is true for this argument to make sense. Trump's lawyers, the lawyers for the former president, a billionaire and real estate tycoon, that guy, his lawyers are dumb, according to a Washington Post reporter and his audience. That's the only way you can believe this. The report begins with a series of astonishing and false claims. In actuality, there is no evidence Joe Biden won. Its first paragraph concludes, it then recounts how Trump led in key battleground states on election night and maintains that as of that point, before millions of votes were counted, the election was over. But even Trump allies had acknowledged before the election that votes arriving later from populous and heavily Democratic areas would create an illusion of a Trump lead, a red mirage. There is nothing suspicious about how those states flipped as time went on. Now, 
Think about the substance of these claims, even Trump allies, someone's status and identification as a Trump ally or a more accurately reported Trump ally has no bearing on their ability to communicate truth or falsity about what was happening. Trump allies, quote unquote, can say anything. It doesn't mean that Trump believes that, and it doesn't say anything about whether the claim is true or false. Trump allies agreeing that there could be a red mirage prior to the election is meaningless. So many of Trump's allies, quote unquote, have proven not to be allies at all. This is an appeal to authority, an unnamed authority, an unnamed authority that we have no reason to believe is even the sort of authority he is appealing to. So it is a logical fallacy and doesn't even have behind it what they're claiming. This isn't even like the Secretary of State of Georgia said. At least that role should have some particular authority when addressing a claim about something in their purview. This is just unnamed Trump allies said. What else? Acknowledged before the election that votes arriving later from populous and heavily Democratic areas would create an illusion of a Trump lead. So Trump allies acknowledged that narrative existed before the election. Therefore, this is a direct quote. There is nothing suspicious about how those states flipped as time went on. That is absolutely false. Everything about how those states flipped as time went on is suspicious. And all of that was laid out in the report, as you just heard yesterday. The introductory paragraph also includes a footnote that says Arizona, quote, was fraudulently called for Joe Biden by Fox News and quote on election night. A network's calls on any given race do not determine the election and Biden won Arizona. That may well be true that in actuality, a network's calls do not determine the winner of an election, but that is not how the media approached their role in 2020. And you can go back and find articles talking about how the Associated Press calls the winners. The decision desk calls the winners. Here's the Associated Press, November 7th, 2020, the day that they announced Joe Biden really had won. Explainer. Why AP called the 2020 election for Joe Biden. Ballotpedia.org has an article from 2020. How do major media outlets declare winners? And it has links to the methodology for calling elections from all of the various media companies, Associated Press, ABC News, NBC, CBS, Politico, CNN, Fox News, Facebook, and Twitter. They all have their own standards for calling elections. Why is Aaron Blake of the Washington Post now pretending that is not what the media does? It's exactly what they do. They have their own methodology for when they decide to agree that a certain presidential candidate has won. And if they all agree, well, then it must be true. There is, as yet, nothing that proves that Joe Biden won the 2020 election just as Trump's report says. But let's go back to the Washington Post. The report goes on to cite multiple accounts of alleged fraud that don't appear to be publicly available. It cites seven chapters from an apparently voluminous report on widespread election fraud in the Georgia 2020 presidential election. No author or link is provided, nor does a report with such a title appear in a Google search. It also cites 2023 claims from a woman named 
Kim P. Brooks, featuring titles that Google doesn't recognize. Ditto a report from a man named Joseph Rossi called Risk Limiting Audit Spreadsheet Analysis. No links are provided to the claims or documents. A Trump campaign spokesman didn't respond to a request for the documentation. The report goes on to cite purported evidence of voter fraud and irregularities in five key states. And we went through that evidence, so we'll skip it here. These are just a few of the examples of claims that have already been debunked or have no actual proximity to voter fraud. Many of the claims don't appear to have been publicly lodged before the report's release Tuesday and are difficult to trace because of the scant sourcing. Most of the report is devoted to supposed procedural irregularities that say nothing about a stolen election. And if that is Aaron Blake's actual opinion, I would be awfully surprised We went through the report yesterday. Did it sound like we were discussing supposed procedural irregularities that say nothing about a stolen election? All of that was directly about methods used by the regime to manipulate the results of elections. Aaron Blake is pretending that Trump's lawyers and Trump himself are what? All taken in by Trump's lies here? They just all got tricked. And so they filed this with the court, knowing that it's all untrue, knowing that they don't have any source documentation just because Aaron Blake can't get it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. There is all sorts of evidence out there tied up in all sorts of places that people can't get for a variety of reasons right now. Everything from J6 committee evidence, video evidence from J6 evidence that Jack Smith can't seem to get his hands on. It seems like we get a new story once a week about how someone can't locate evidence of something that absolutely should exist and we just can't find it anywhere. How is it happening? At this point, it should be no surprise that Trump would press forward with promoting false voter fraud claims. He's been doing it for more than three years, despite all the evidence to the contrary. But it's one thing to say these things in public. It's quite another to include them in a legal filing. Trump's lawyers have been careful not to actually vouch for his wildest claims because doing so involves trying to substantiate them. And legal scrutiny has been unkind, to put it mildly. Trump's lawyers in the filing do not say the claims in the report are true. Instead, using the document in an effort to substantiate the idea that there remain vigorous disputes and questions about the results. The aim is to apparently cite the smoke without actually claiming there's fire. But what it demonstrates is how much this entire effort was about manufacturing smoke. And in that way, the Trump lawyers, in effect, just proved the prosecutor's point. You see that Trump and his lawyers are so dumb that they actually self-owned and ended up helping Jack Smith by providing all of these election fraud claims that are exactly the claims that Donald Trump knew to be false and kept saying anyway in order to incite an insurrection. Now, there was some interesting polling to start the beginning of the week. And of course, the beginning of this week is the beginning of the year. So it's good to understand what we're being told about what we think. There is no way to know that these poll numbers are accurate. In fact, we should assume that they're not accurate and they are not accurate, skewed in a direction in opposition to us. 
But nonetheless, this is what the public is being told about what the public thinks. This polling is from the Washington Post and University of Maryland. In the first question, they asked whether or not the 2020 election win by Joe Biden was legitimate, and they showed both the responses from 2021 and then the response from 2023. And for each group, the movement between where they were in 2021 and where they are now was in our direction. So these are the responses to whether or not they believe the 2020 election win by Joe Biden was legitimate. Democrats were at 94% believing it was legitimate in 2021. Now it's down to 91%. It should be obvious that if someone is out there still self-identifying as a Democrat, they have got to be among the most clueless people in all of human history. We can be sad for them, but this is what it is. As I said the other day, most of these people are probably unreachable. Independents were at 72% thinking it was legitimate back in 2021. That number is now down to 66%, according to this polling from the Washington Post and University of Maryland. So that means only two thirds of independents even think that 2020 election was legitimate. And that, as I said, seems awfully high among Republicans. It was 39% in 2021, believing the election was legitimate. Now it is down to 31%. They also asked, Americans who think it's time to move on from the January 6th Capitol riot. All Americans, 43%, Republicans, 72%, Independents, 46%, and Democrats, of course, down there at 14%. And move on is a strange way of putting that. I don't think we should necessarily move on from January 6th, I think people absolutely have to be held accountable. And anyone who is imprisoned or facing imprisonment for attending a peaceful protest to protest the fraudulent results of a stolen election, those people deserve justice. But in terms of moving on from it, as in moving on from the ridiculous narrative that was thrust upon the American public, well, yeah, fine, I can agree with that. The poll also reported the percentage of voters who hold Trump responsible for the January 6th attack. Democrats, 86%. Of course. Independents, 56%. And Republicans, way down at 14%. They are still claiming that 53% of all American voters still hold Donald Trump responsible for the January 6th attack that most Americans know was not reported to them correctly at all. So again, these numbers are a bit ridiculous, as one might expect. It is always important to remember that these sorts of polls are adjusted to match percentages of voter registrations and party affiliation to make sure that they have all these parties adequately represented based on voter registrations and election outcomes, both of which we know are laundered statistics that themselves are based on laundered census numbers. As usual, the usefulness here exists mostly in tracking the trends and changes over time. Now, Fox News 
shared the results the other day of some other polling, this from USA Today and Suffolk University, who polled 1,000 likely voters from December 26th to 29th and found that Donald Trump had more support than Joe Biden among Hispanic voters and among voters under 35. They found him leading 39 to 34 among Hispanics and 37, 33 among voters under 35. So that is an extraordinarily high undecided in each one of those polls. But regardless, this is being communicated widely to the American public. What does it mean that national cable news networks are reporting Donald Trump has an advantage among Hispanics and among young voters? Right there, they take away the leverage from Democrats. These are two major pillars of their election victory narrative. Who did they win that election with? Well, they always say it was minority voters and young voters. Sometimes they go to women from the suburbs, but I don't even think they can get that anymore. Does anyone actually believe suburban women want to vote for Democrats? And I'm not saying there aren't any. There certainly are some. But they don't represent a winning electoral coalition when you're losing Hispanic voters, young voters. They're not doing so great with black voters, especially black men. In a legitimate election, Joe Biden would be nowhere close on the popular vote. I really sincerely hope we have an election and a legitimate election at that specifically for that reason, or at least at some point we get legitimate results even from 2020, I would love that because, and I've been saying this for three years now, when the country realizes that well more than half the country voted for Donald Trump over Joe Biden and that Biden supporters represent a small and shrinking minority, all of those people who think they represent a safe and comfortable middle are going to shut up for a really long time. I have said many times, these are not the sort of people who speak truth to power. These are the people who speak power to truth. They defend power, hoping that they get more access to power and they will do everything they can to defend power, including attempting to destroy their own friends, family, neighbors, coworkers, and communities just to prove their loyalty. All right. Now, as I was saying at the beginning of this episode, sometimes there are stories in the mainstream that suck all the air out of the room and you have to acknowledge them and or they are also actually important and worth commenting on. And the release of new Jeffrey Epstein docs fits both those qualifications. Let's start with the great Technofog on his substack, technofog.substack.com, the reactionary. The headline here, the Epstein files, John Doe's identified. We finally know the names of some of the most important John Doe's referenced during litigation in Virginia Jeffrey versus Ghislaine Maxwell, those who are accused of being alleged perpetrators and witnesses to Jeffrey Epstein's criminal conduct. 
Early this evening, numerous documents were unredacted or otherwise unsealed in the Joffre case, marking the beginning of the end of a long battle for documents and information and really accountability that started with Mike Cernovich's efforts back in 2017. Tonight's batch of documents made available for download by Seamus Bruner is just part of the records that will be unsealed from the Joffre case. There are numerous other records, including witness depositions, motions, and other filings, which are yet to be published on the court's docket. We anticipate more salacious materials and more damning allegations against John Doe perpetrators to be released tomorrow. And that, of course, is today. Here are the most scandalous allegations from tonight's documents, including the names of John Doe's and the details of the allegations they face. Bill Clinton. Clinton's connection to Jeffrey Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell is no secret. Epstein and Clinton had a suspiciously close friendship over the years, and Clinton even invited Ghislaine Maxwell to his daughter's wedding. Yet mysteries still remain about Clinton's activities with Epstein and Maxwell. The documents released tonight are only part of what will be unsealed with respect to Clinton. Some are interesting, but not altogether scandalous, such as the fact that attorneys for Virginia Jeffrey sought to depose Clinton as a witness. Then there's the testimony of Johanna Sjoberg, a witness who was hired as a masseuse by Epstein when she was in her early 20s. She accompanied Epstein on trips, performed massages on him and his friends, non-sexual, and had frequent interactions with Ghislaine Maxwell, one of which involved Maxwell chastising her for not, quote, finishing her massage with Epstein. She testified that she knew Bill Clinton was a friend of Epstein's and that Epstein commented on Clinton's preference for young girls. Prince Andrew. New details on the allegations against Prince Andrew have also surfaced. Miss Sjoberg was, I hope I'm saying her name at least close to correctly. This is some Norwegian shit. I don't know how to deal with that also testified that she met Prince Andrew with Virginia Jeffrey when Virginia was 17 years old in New York City, along with Jeffrey Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell. Here is her testimony. Question. And do you recall who, if anybody, was at Jeffrey's home when you arrived? Yes. When I first walked in the door, it was just myself and Ghislaine headed for the staircase and said, told me to come up to the living room. And what happened at that point when you came up to the living room? I came up and saw Virginia, Jeffrey, Prince Andrew, Ghislaine in the room. And did you meet Prince Andrew at that time? Yes. At Epstein's home in New York was a Prince Andrew puppet, apparently from a BBC production. Maxwell brought it down for Prince Andrew and either Maxwell or Epstein took a scandalous photo of Prince Andrew with the girls. They put the puppet on Virginia's lap and I sat on Andrew's lap and they put the puppet hand on Virginia's breast and Andrew put his hand on my breast and they took a photo. The more disturbing allegations against Prince Andrew came directly from Virginia Jeffrey. Please name a person that Ghislaine Maxwell directed you to have sex with. She answered Prince Andrew. Now, if all of this sounds familiar to you, it's because you read these documents as I did years ago. I read them in 2020. I'm not sure when they actually came out, but I read them in 2020 
And the date on this deposition is from May of 2016. So this isn't particularly new information, although it's being presented that way, which means that regardless of the information's truth or relevance or necessity, we are still dealing on some level with an information op. And when that is the case, it's important to ask, why are we being told this? Why do they want us to believe this as true right now? And that can be just as valid with legitimate, true, important, necessary information as it is with all the fake news that they are trying to shove down our throats and convince us to believe every day. So why would they want us to believe that old information is brand new? Why are we seeing this rerun and being told that this is the world premiere? I guess it's probably impossible to know for sure, but we can come up with some potential answers. Perhaps they think they will have better success getting people to pay attention and incorporate this information into their understanding if people believe that this is new. Because if they say, hey, this information has been around for a few years, then everyone will have the response, oh, well, I guess no one thought it really mattered that much, so why would I bother paying attention to it now? Now, is that a realistic possibility? Yeah, I would think that for some people, that is a realistic possibility. Does that justify the info op? Well, yeah, in an information war sense, it may well justify the info op. But is that the only reason that we are being told a rerun is a world premiere? The view I just presented is certainly giving everyone the benefit of the doubt. And maybe people deserve it. Maybe getting this information out there is so important. Maybe it's so important that people incorporate and understand this information that using a little sleight of hand on the release, telling people that all of this is new when it's not, is totally justified and worth it. Or we should at least consider the possibility, as all of Con Inc. piles into the release of these documents, and this is the new big thing online, that all of this energy is being directed in order to corral newly awakened people right back into the pen on the other side, getting them to recognize that the uniparty left actually is corrupted and is evil and bringing them right over rather than to the awakening to the uniparty right. Oh, I see you've realized that Democrats are very bad. Well, welcome to the Republican establishment. We are so happy to have you. Here is a $50 gift certificate to Ben Shapiro's diner. I know you're probably going to stay there for the rest of your life once you go, but we'll be more than happy to take care of your first two meals. But let's go back to Technofog. Glenn Dubin. Jaffray also alleged that she was directed to have sex with Epstein friend and billionaire and then hedge fund manager Glenn Dubin. Dubin's ties to Epstein have been previously reported. Back in 2009, after Epstein was given his sweetheart plea deal from the Justice Department, the Dubins hosted Epstein for Thanksgiving dinner, telling his probation officer they were 100% comfortable with his being around their teenage daughter, Tom Pritzker. 
Tom Pritzker is a billionaire businessman serving as executive chairman of Hyatt Hotels and as chairman and CEO of the Pritzker organization. He's also a member of the Aspen Institute. Jeffrey alleged she slept with him once. Tom Pritzker is also the cousin of Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker and of Penny Pritzker, who we just mentioned a couple of weeks ago in an episode titled Very Gay about Claudine Gay over at Harvard. Penny Pritzker leads the governing board of Harvard. So we have a billionaire family full of billionaire heirs, many of whom have political and corporate power in this country and within the global regime and are also directly linked to Jeffrey Epstein. And Virginia Jeffrey alleges that she had sex with Tom Pritzker. David Copperfield, the magician. How sad. Oh, this is ruining my whole childhood. Magician David Copperfield has also emerged in the latest Epstein release. It's okay, guys. Everyone's childhood has been ruined so many times over by this point. It really doesn't matter anymore. While there are no sex-related allegations against Copperfield at this time, it's clear from witness testimony that he was friends with Epstein and had at least some knowledge of what was going on at Epstein's home. Perhaps he had been informed by Epstein or Maxwell that they had a recruiting process where girls were paid to find other girls. According to Johanna Sjoberg, have you ever met David Copperfield? Yes. And do you recall when you initially met him? Yes. Can you tell me what that was? Sure. Someone called me from the house and said that he would be there. And if I wanted to come have dinner, then I could meet him. And what happened at that dinner? If anything, he did some magic tricks. Did you observe David Copperfield to be a friend of Jeffrey Epstein's? Yes. Did Copperfield ever discuss Jeffrey's involvement with young girls with you? He questioned me if I was aware that girls were getting paid to find other girls. Did he tell you any of the specifics of that? No. So very, very weird. But who knows? Maybe David Copperfield is some kind of secret super agent. And he was just there to make all of those trafficked girls disappear and then reappear in a safe place. Michael Jackson and Hollywood. Even Michael Jackson, the king of pop himself, was friendly with Epstein. He was at Epstein's Palm Beach mansion at least once, as explained in Johanna Schoberg's deposition. I don't know. I don't know. So she said that she met Michael Jackson once in Epstein's house in Palm Beach. I met Michael Jackson once, had tequila sunrises with him. It was pretty cool. Also. Very weird. She also testified that Epstein would speak on the phone with other celebrities, including Leonardo DiCaprio and Kate Blanchett. Frederick Fakai is a French celebrity hairstylist and beauty entrepreneur. Schoberg would testify that Epstein tried to, quote, find some girls for him while Fakai was in Hawaii. Technofog gives some closing thoughts. He says many of the documents that were released today were previously released in the course of the Joffrey versus Maxwell litigation, albeit in a more redacted form. 
For example, one document from today details allegations that Ghislaine Maxwell took the passport of a 15-year-old girl. We reported on that document back in 2022. Also, as we discussed on December 19th, 2023, not all the John Doe's are alleged to have committed wrongdoing. Today's documents included John Doe's who were doctors to the victims, friends of the victims, and family members of the victims. It's been unfortunate and rather sad to see the media and various morons with large platforms on social media, the list is long and distinguished, lump those innocent people in with the predatory John Doe's as if all the names to be released were part of Epstein's list. He also notes that the list of unknown John Doe's, as opposed to known John Doe's, such as Sarah Kellen, who are alleged to have committed abuse, is rather small. So the list of unknown John Doe's is a short list. Today's release doesn't include all of the perpetrator John Doe's. There are more names set to be released in the coming days. This includes John Doe 113, a purported Epstein affiliate and witness who is, quote, alleged to have engaged in serious wrongdoing. So there are a couple narratives emerging and a couple key reactions to take note of. One of those was the mass push to make sure everyone understood that Donald Trump is not implicated in the Jeffrey Epstein stuff. Now, again, this is not new information. This information has been out there. The story that's going out is that Trump is fully exonerated in this Jeffrey Epstein stuff. Well, that is based on this testimony. This testimony clearly shows that Donald Trump actually banned Jeffrey Epstein from Mar-a-Lago and was not even flirtatious with these girls, according to their own testimony. We know that while Donald Trump was on the plane in question, he never was with Epstein and never went to Little St. James, Epstein's Island, nor visited his other properties. And this was something that standard issue villagers on the Uniparty left and the Uniparty right were all ready to go after Donald Trump for. They thought this was going to be the silver bullet that finally took down Donald Trump. Eight, now almost nine years of failing to locate that silver bullet, and they still think one is coming. And it blows my mind that in the middle of June, in about five months and 10 days, we will be at nine full years since Trump came down the escalator while these people have been trying to destroy him and find that silver bullet that will eventually just kill the monster. Nine years and nothing. Nothing but Jack Smith's fake indictments while Donald Trump goes around and takes mug shots that make him more popular. Every indictment makes him more popular. He's so indicted. Nine years waiting for a silver bullet, and he just keeps getting stronger after every one of their attempts to take him down. So they failed again. And as I said, People on the Uniparty right were going for this. A lot of Ron DeSantis supporters thought they were going to get Donald Trump on the Epstein stuff. And it's worth pointing out, this is why you don't need to argue the details with standard issue villagers. Just tell them the truth. If they don't accept it, if they don't look into it themselves, then they're not going to be convinced by anything you say. Their problem is not a lack of access to facts. The problem is not that they have not heard the truth. Once you are certain that they have heard the truth 
from you and that they have access to the facts as everyone does, then you should either go away or mock them. The only thing that is going to snap them out of their stupor is something that happens to them emotionally. They have to be emotionally jarred by something bad happening in their lives or by someone getting them so worked up that they finally have that last meltdown and realize, oh my God, what have I done? The mocking approach, of course, is also useful because they will say increasingly stupid things until they are just screaming nonsense to everyone. They will make fools of themselves and embarrass themselves. And as long as you don't care about what they say to you, you have an undefeatable upper hand in every one of these situations. Just let them spin themselves into the ground. My good buddy, Patel Patriot, John Harold posted this on X, formerly Twitter. Epstein was trafficking underage girls to foreign presidents. This is how you control them. And he cites some testimony. The questioner asks, if you are confused by a question, you need to let me know that so I can clarify the question. Okay. The response. Okay. For example, if I asked you the question, were you sexually trafficked to foreign presidents? Do you understand what that question means? Yes. What does it mean? Was I lent out for the purposes of sex to a foreign person, a president? All right. What is the answer to that question? The answer given is yes. And that is from the Virginia Jeffrey testimony, by the way. Now, again, it's important to remember that this information isn't new. The testimony from 2016, it's been out in the public domain for years. People have known this. Again, I read this testimony back in 2020. Now, this is where people think all the meat of this Epstein story is, and they may well be right. There is something about this Epstein story that is way off. I think everybody should admit that everything from Epstein's pretty clearly faked suicide in the prison cell, Ghislaine Maxwell hiding out at the house in New Hampshire, all the weirdness surrounding her trial. We get full on Netflix documentaries about this stuff, but we still can't find out who these girls were actually trafficked to. The slow rollout and the release of the information, all the stuff about Epstein and his Nevada ranch, all he was doing with the transhumanist movement. This is a very, very deep rabbit hole. And I think that we would be making a mistake to believe that we know the full scope of this right now. I often say we should be prepared for future betrayals. We will see more betrayals from people who we believe are on our side at this point in the future. I am fairly certain of that. There's just no reason to believe that we are already past the end of that process. And similarly, there are going to be some things that we believe we know down to a T that we are going to be wrong about just based on the absolute saturation and proliferation of fake news from all angles. And I'm not trying to make light of any of this. This is very, very serious stuff. It's just important not to grip on to any of these particular facts too tightly to the point where we begin building everything out based on some of these facts that exist only as claims in testimony from a couple of supposed witnesses. 
It's important to know this stuff so that we can react as it develops, but we should not assume that this is fully developed and we know everything about what's going on because we certainly don't. But let's keep adding on a few more layers. This is from the Daily Mail today. Epstein list reignites suspicion. The pedo financier was working for Mossad and blackmailing the elite with help of information he gleaned from useful idiot Prince Andrew after meeting Israeli Prime Minister Ehud Barak at least 36 times. That is a headline. That is one headline from the Daily Mail. So Epstein list reignites suspicion. The pedo financier was working for Mossad, blackmailing the elite with information he got from Prince Andrew, and he met with the Israeli prime minister 36 times. The Daily Mail writes, Israel's former prime minister Ehud Barak was identified in the bombshell dossiers Wednesday night. He served as prime minister from 1991 to 2001 after serving in the IDF for 35 years, rising to the chief of the general staff, very powerful regime asset in Israel from the sound of it. While he is mentioned only fleetingly in the new files, an Epstein victim asked whether she'd ever given Barack a massage. And again, this is Ehud Barack, not Barack Obama. There has long been speculation surrounding his relationship with the financier. Barack met with Epstein some 36 times and was pictured entering his Manhattan townhouse with a scarf around his face in 2016. Young women were seen coming in and out of the residence that same day. Former Israeli spies have gone on record stating that Epstein's international sex trafficking was a honeypot entrapment operation gaining valuable compromat, that's compromising information, material to blackmail political and business elites. Prince Andrew, also named in the new list, was Epstein's useful idiot, according to an ex-intelligence agent, and described by the financier as his Super Bowl trophy for his powerful connections. So apparently, according to Jeffrey Epstein, making Prince Andrew one of his controlled or controllable assets, I guess, was like winning the championship. This was his championship trophy. Skipping down in the article, Prince Andrew wasn't being blackmailed. He was being used as a useful idiot. Former Mossad operative Ari Ben-Manashe told RT International he was being used to bring in some of the celebrities. Ben-Manashe worked for Israel's military intelligence directorate from 1977 to 1987. His allegations were backed up by Epstein's former mentor, Stephen Hoffenberg, who claimed that Epstein had referred to his relationship with the prince as his Super Bowl trophy. The late financier also met with current head of the CIA, William J. Burns, on numerous occasions in 2014, and we have discussed that a few times on this podcast. Skipping down again. Epstein was introduced to the spy game by Ghislaine's father, Robert, according to Mossad agent Ben Menashe, who claims to have been the British media tycoon's handler. So this is Robert Maxwell's handler. That is who this guy claims 
he is. And Robert Maxwell, in addition to being a spy, was also a British media tycoon. Now, if you're approaching this story for one of the first times, you may not realize this, but Robert Maxwell was not born Robert Maxwell. This is, by the way, according to his Wikipedia page, so not hard at all to find this backed up. His given name was Jan Ludwig Hyman Benjamin Hock. He was born in Czechoslovakia into a, quote, poor Yiddish-speaking Orthodox Jewish family in the small town of Slatinske Doli. And he was eventually buried in Jerusalem. And he has gone by other names besides his given name and Robert Maxwell. Also from the Daily Mail this morning, former FBI director Louis Free named an Epstein list because he had knowledge of Bill Clinton's travel. Among the infamous Epstein list of high-profile U.S. businessmen and politicians released last night is former FBI director Louis Free. Free, who was the head of the Bureau from 1993 to June 2001, was listed because he may have knowledge concerning travel of Bill Clinton, according to a document filed by Ghislaine Maxwell's lawyers in June 2016. She likely included him to support her claims that Clinton never visited Epstein's Caribbean island and only ever traveled on his jet accompanied by Secret Service and aides. Clinton, who has not been accused of having any involvement with underage girls, has always denied wrongdoing. Free served as FBI director throughout Clinton's presidency. Now, all these documents make sure to note that Bill Clinton has not been accused of any wrongdoing. I guess not in legal fashion. That is certainly true. But in these documents was the claim that Clinton likes them young. So take that for what it's worth. As for Louis Free, in a statement to DailyMail.com, he insisted today that he has no other involvement with Epstein or the case, aside from representing Alan Dershowitz against old and now retracted allegations that he abused Virginia Jaffray. In connection with Mr. Free's former law firm's representation of Professor Alan Dershowitz, we made a records request to the U.S. Secret Service regarding former President Clinton's travel. Mr. Free and his former law firm had no other association with this matter or any of the individuals involved, a spokesman said. Now, take that at face value if you like. But Louis Free has plenty of his own problems. Free, by the way, is spelled F-R-E-E-H. You can go to BidenReport.com or Here's Hunter.com. Go check out the Marco Polo report on the Biden laptop. And they note that Louis Free was, in their words, a Farah violating machine. That's the Foreign Agent Registration Act. And they discuss his business with the Bidens on behalf of Romanian Gabriel Popovicu. So it's worth recognizing how these names pop up in multiple places, and it's especially noteworthy because this man was the former director of the FBI. Now, all these articles that mention Bill Clinton and other prominent figures in the uniparty left, particularly of the regime, all of those articles always mention that Trump was also a quote-unquote Epstein associate. Now, as we noted, the testimony from the alleged victims notes that Donald Trump was not involved in any way and that he actually banned Epstein from Mar-a-Lago. 
And then we also have the word of an attorney named Bradley Edwards, who says that Trump was actually the only powerful figure who was cooperative and helped him in going after Epstein. This video was from 2018 and released by a group that calls itself the Conscious Resistance Network. The founder, Derek Bros, talking here to attorney Bradley Edwards. Obviously, our current president has had relationships with Epstein in the past, and there are those, uh, Katie Johnson and maybe other victims who have accused Trump of being involved in things like this. Um, in my experience, Trump supporters will not listen to anything along those lines. Obviously, we're not a court of law here right now, but are those claims of those, though that case was dropped? It was dropped before it went to, to court. In your opinion as a lawyer and your experience, is there anything you can say as to the validity of those claims or whether or not there will be any, you know, any more about that? Nothing at all. I, the only thing that I can say about President Trump is that he is the only person who, in 2009, when I served a lot of subpoenas on a lot of people, or at least gave notice to some pretty uh, connected people that I was going, that I wanted to talk to them, he is the only person who picked up the phone and said, "Let's just talk. I'll give you as much time as you want. I'll tell you what you need to know," and was very helpful in the information that he gave, and gave no indication whatsoever that he was involved in anything untoward whatsoever, but had good information that checked out and that helped us and that we didn't have to take a, a, a deposition of him. And that was in 2009? That was in 2009. So, Do you know if there's any truth to James Patterson's claims that Trump kicked Epstein out of Mar-a-Lago? I've definitely heard that. It's amazing, isn't it? How he's just never what they think he is. They always think they've got him because he's close to bad people and has been throughout his life. But I have been too. Anybody who works in an environment around elites, actual elites, is going to be around and associated with all sorts of bad people. And there are many who believe that Donald Trump was around all those bad people on behalf of those trying to bring them down and hold them accountable. And I guess we'll find out for sure sometime in the future. But it sure would explain quite a lot. Now, as I said, this is a story that has been kind of ignored forever by standard issue villagers on the Union Party right and the Union Party left. Con Inc. Media doesn't talk about Jeffrey Epstein. They don't talk about human trafficking or child trafficking or sex trafficking because they are part of the social class who calls those things conspiracy theories. Because if they didn't call them conspiracy theories, if they admitted that this sort of thing happens in the world, then they would also have to admit that powerful figures within the Uniparty and within the global regime are part of that. And they would have to admit that the conspiracy theorists were right. So when you see them all pile on and all begin to push these same stories in order to self-identify as truth tellers, you have to wonder what this timing is is all about. Why are they okay with talking about this stuff now? And it seems like, as I said before, they're trying to corral people into that same pen. The Democrats are bad. Therefore, you should check out the Republican establishment. They're not pushing people toward the awakening. They're pushing people toward the other side of the controlled opposition dynamic. Both of those sides end up supporting the Uniparty. 
That is not the awakening. We need to be very clear about that. And that's why it's important to tell people, hey, guys, this information is years old. All the people you say are stupid knew all of this way before you. It's not to brag. It's not to dunk on them, although it's okay to dunk on them. It is always okay to mock them a little bit. It's good for them to understand that the people they think are dumb are actually way ahead of them. And it's not just on this. This is just the latest issues in a long string of issues that they have been wrong about and the people they call stupid conspiracy theorists have been right about. It's important to get them to recognize that. And while I'm more than happy to say that, yes, it's a good thing that more people understand the government is deeply corrupt and deeply compromised and deeply immoral, that isn't the awakening. They can't actually awaken without admitting that they've been wrong about all this stuff because the problem is deeper down. It's in how they form beliefs and how they intake information. These are the things that have to change if the problem is actually going to be remedied. We don't just need them flipping from one interpretation of the central narrative into another one. We need them to break out of the central narrative. And part of the way to do that is by saying, yes, this is true, but there are all sorts of people who have known this was true for a long time. And the ones you happen to be believing right now who are telling you this is a brand new story, they're the ones who have prevented you from knowing this years before because they took it upon themselves to marginalize and push to the fringes all of those people that were trying to tell you the truth years ago. It just so happens that knowing the truth about things in the world like, hey, all those corrupt government people are worse than you can possibly imagine. So it's probably not a good idea to listen to them. Knowing these things before other people do, knowing these things in advance of big decisions makes a difference in people's lives. If you know that the pedophile guy who has all the blackmail material on all of these powerful politicians and corporate leaders is also involved with various transhumanism related projects trying to extend his own life forever or create a legion of offspring, you might interpret the transhuman agenda in a different way. Oh, this is one of those things that all the evil people are into? Yeah, yeah, it is. Well, maybe I shouldn't keep on excusing this as the science and scientific progress. And maybe I should look at some of the other people involved in this movement and how they connect to one another and how they connect to this Jeffrey Epstein stuff. And then maybe at some point along that journey, they stumble into Bill Gates and maybe then they reconsider their stances on vaccines and worldwide pandemics. It's good that more people understand this was an issue than understood it three days ago. That is good, but it's not the goal because that revelation is only breaking news in an informational past which means that people who are discovering that for the first time are still three or four or however many years behind reality in this discovery. 
And the point is to be closing the distance between where you are on an informational timeline and real time, current, empirical, observable, reality, reality prime right now. And just to be clear, I'm not saying that I am caught up to real time down every possible vertical of information. I certainly am not. I don't believe anyone is, but there are people out there who are much closer to it than we are, and we are much closer to it, certainly, than anyone who's just finding out about this for the first time, believing that the rerun is a world premiere. So we can be happy about this, but we do not go around patting one another on the backs for the mainstream media finally telling the standard issue villagers something that we have known for years. They are still in an informational past and all of the mainstream media and influencers who are piling onto this story are determined to keep them there. And then, of course, we are told that we have to be very kind to these people and cater to their feelings as we welcome them into reality but they're not coming back into reality. They're discovering something that everybody else knew for a long time while they called those people stupid. And now they want to feel like all of this information is new so that they weren't actually left behind. Now, if you want to do that with your friends or your family members or your coworkers, go right ahead, but you don't have to do it with internet strangers. We are trying to push things forward. We are trying to push the envelope. We are trying to advance everyone along that informational timeline. And we do not do that by catering to the feelings of anonymous internet strangers who we have never crossed paths with before. The message that must be delivered is these people telling you this is breaking news are keeping you left behind on purpose. And while people are trapped in that informational past, they are easily misled and the media is expert in misleading them. So like clockwork today, what story do we get? This is what I see this morning on one of the televisions at the gym tuned into CNN. They are having live coverage, bringing in guests to talk about this story. I go over to the website. Here's the headline. China spent over $5.5 million at Trump properties while he was in office, documents show. So you see that, you get the story about how major prominent politicians and world leaders were tied up in this Jeffrey Epstein thing, and we get this testimony now pushed out fully into the public view. It makes certain people look bad. Donald Trump is not one of those people. We can't have that. So what do we get the next morning? We get Donald Trump was making money while he was in office. They have tried this so many times. They tried this before he was in office, while he was in office, and now they're still trying it. This is going to be how they get Donald Trump. Oh, Donald Trump is actually the corrupt and compromised one. Does anyone believe this? And the answer is, of course, people over on Blue Sky absolutely do. Trump got $7.8 million from 20 foreign governments while he was president. China tops list with $5.5 million at his hotels, while Saudi Arabia and Qatar also forked for stays at properties. Democrat report claims. Headline from the Daily Mail. Of course, you can tell a Daily Mail headline because... It is the length of at least two chapters of a novel. 
a years long investigation by House Democrats. Oh, a years long investigation. And it just happened to release at the same time as the Jeffrey Epstein docs and the internet goes wild with the story of how Donald Trump is not only not implicated, he is actually exonerated by the direct testimony of the witnesses, even though this is years old. A years-long investigation by House Democrats has concluded that Donald Trump raked in $7.8 million as president from countries including China and Saudi Arabia, despite the fury over the Constitution's emolument clause during his tenure. The funds came through Trump Organization Real Estate Holdings, even at a time when Trump stepped back from management of his financial empire, which is now the subject of a civil fraud trial in New York. Companies doing business with Trump's company even included a subsidiary of defunct Chinese company CEFC, a conglomerate that also did deals with Hunter Biden, who has been a focus of the House Republican impeachment inquiry of President Biden. You see that it's actually Donald Trump who was benefiting from Hunter Biden's corruption. The properties where Democratic staff and members traced foreign funds included Trump's former Washington, D.C. hotel, which was the subject of intense scrutiny and litigation during Trump's tenure. The hotel was a hive of activity during the Trump administration. The Trump organization sold the lease on the property in 2022 for an estimated $100 million profit. It is now a Waldorf Astoria hotel. So even though Trump stepped back from his business relationships while he was president, the Democrats have launched a years long investigation to let everybody know how much money was spent at Donald Trump's hotels and the countries who were the source of that spending. And the list is all printed here in this Daily Mail article. Let's go down for some commentary about how very bad Donald Trump is. The 156-page report called The White House for Sale, put together by the Democrats on the Oversight Committee, says, after promising the greatest infomercial in political history, former President Donald Trump repeatedly and willfully violated the U.S. Constitution by failing to divest from his business empire and allowing his businesses to accept millions of dollars in payments from some of the most corrupt nations on earth. Critically, even this subset of documents reveals a stunning web of millions of dollars in payments made by foreign governments and their agents directly to Trump-owned businesses while President Trump was in the White House. By pocketing foreign states' payments, President Trump repeatedly placed his personal financial interests and the interests of foreign wealth and power above the public interest, resulting in precisely the split loyalty between foreign power and the American people that the framers sought to avoid. So Donald Trump is actually the one profiting off of corrupt foreign business dealings and doing the business of foreigners putting that above the interests of the American people. Isn't that crazy? This whole time, all the evidence indicated it was Joe Biden. But nope, the House Democrats have dropped this report. And it turns out it was Donald Trump again. The article notes that the committee relied 
on financial information provided by the Mazars accounting firm, which no longer does business with the company. They say its returns were the subject of litigation that extended throughout Trump's term and were finally obtained by Congress. So that is the same accounting firm that dealt with Trump's property value estimates that are the subject of the civil fraud trial in New York. So isn't that interesting? These Democrats have put together this report from information that they may well have gotten through discovery from that trial. It's like they're actually bringing all these suits, not because Donald Trump actually violated the law, but because they're trying to get all the information they possibly can in order to destroy Donald Trump. Now, is this going to work? Of course not. But the child brains out there needed something to hate Trump for after they were told, hey, yeah, the uh, silver bullet is uh, not there on the uh, Trump Epstein thing. I know that we told you for a really long time that it would be just like we have with all those other potential silver bullets, but uh, sorry to tell you, this one has also come up empty. And while on one side, it's a little depressing that people are being told these reruns are world premiere because it keeps them trapped in an informational past. But on the flip side, the fact that all these Trump-hating child brains are trapped in an informational past and think that all these things are going to be silver bullets, even though we all know that there is absolutely no chance of that, well, that's downright hilarious. And I know I should want that to stop, but somehow I just don't. I'll be back tomorrow at the same reasonable time on the same reasonable podcast network. I don't have a network. Masks and lockdowns don't work. They lied to you about a pandemic. And Joe Biden will never be president. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. In my mind, that's the end game. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to follow what I'm reading and thinking throughout the day, you can do that by downloading the Telegram Messenger app and going to t.me slash I'm your moderator. On social media, you can follow me on Truth Social, Getter, and Gab at I'm your moderator. 
I also have channels on Rumble and BitChute. If you'd like to follow the writing, you can find me at imyourmoderator.substack.com. The merch site is cancelcouture.com or go direct shop.spreadshirt.com slash cancel dash couture. If you'd like to support the podcast financially, the best place to do that is Kofa. Go to ko-fi.com slash I'm your moderator. And all of these details will appear in the show notes with each episode. I'll see you soon down on the range. It's hell!